Luke chapter 2, and we're going to read together verses 8 through 20. Again, give careful attention. This is the word of God. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Amen. This is God's holy word. Christmas can be dangerous. It can be a very dangerous time. And I'm not referring to even yesterday in Walmart supermarket and the parking lot where people are going about crazy and it's as if you take your life into your own, own hands when you go there during this time of year. Even worse, Costco. But what I'm talking about this evening is the Christmas story. There's a danger that we can hear it so often that it becomes so familiar. Jeff and I did not collude during the week to what we were going to say, but I guess you need to hear it again. There is a danger that we lose the significance. Why? Because we've heard it so many times. Every year it seems like we tell the same stories. And we tell them in the same way. We talk about shepherds and we talk about angels and we talk about the wise men and we, we talk about Mary and Joseph and Jesus in the manger. And brothers and sisters, if we're not careful, this annual handling of this precious truth can and might just cause us to take it for granted. We all know the details. And if we're not careful, our familiarity with the Christmas story can cause us to overlook 
just how amazing this story is. This evening, I want to challenge you to look at these things, as it were, for the very first time. It's as if you do not know what is going to happen throughout the rest of your Bibles. Because on that hill, on that evening hour, an announcement of the birth of Jesus Christ came to certain people. If we were there and we knew what was happening and we thought that Jesus was now in the manger, this, as it was said of old, the King of kings and Lord of lords, we might expect who the angels came to go to a different group of people. We could see how God perhaps would choose to announce maybe the birth of Jesus to Herod the king. Announce the birth in a splendid ceremony led by the high priest. But perhaps this evening, because we've listened to this story and know it so well, we've trouble understanding why shepherds. The announcement of the birth of the Son of God is not made to a king in a palace. It's not made to a priest in a temple. It's not made to the wealthy, to the movers and the shakers of those days. The most important message that this earth has ever heard came to a bunch of smelly, ignorant, whatever name you want to put there, men. Common men. Ordinary men. Crooks. Swindlers. Vile. Most likely these shepherds were tending their sheep just outside Bethlehem. And they were raising their sheep for what? Some commentators would say for a sacrifice. And when you put all of these things together, who these men were, what they were doing, you would think to yourself, what in the world did it go to them for? They were the last group of people that you would expect God to make this kind of announcement to. But yet they were the very group of men that God chose. They were the very group of men to hear the glorious news of the Savior's birth. This account of God's announcement of the birth of Jesus Christ to the shepherds contains so many important truths that 30 minutes on a Sunday night will not suffice, but we'll do our best. We've got four points this evening, and I promise they will be short. Er. If you've got somewhere to go after, cancel all your plans. You're here. It's Christmas Eve. You're with God's people. But the points are these. The astonishment they experienced, the announcement they received, the acknowledgement they offered, and the advancement they enjoyed. 
So first of all, the astonishment they experienced. The Bible here in Luke chapter 2 and verse 8 introduces to us a group of shepherds. And they're out in their fields at night and they're watching and they're keeping a protective eye over their flocks. And that's what their job was. These men would look after these animals. And think about all the nights that have gone before. Seasoned shepherds laying in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. They got up that morning. Probably didn't wash because then many commentators will say that they were laying in the fields. But they got up that morning, just a regular morning. They had their breakfast. They herded the sheep in. They fed them with hay. They sent them out to the pastures. They took them out there and there they lay down at night. Another boring night for them. Suddenly, and without any introduction, an angel descends from heaven. That tranquil evening, that boring, simple evening, was now transformed. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. Perhaps it was dark. It was dark no more. The Bible tells us that they were filled with great Fear. That phrase means that they, as it were, were seized with fear. And perhaps they desired to run away, but they couldn't. They are terrified. It's a bit like when you have to go to the bottom shed. And your outside light's not working. And your phone's on the charger. And your son who loves flashlights has hidden them everywhere but where you need it and yet you still got to go down there and there's coyotes and there's mountain lions and you open that door with much fear that's about that much fear when this angel appeared these men were so terrified they couldn't go anywhere sometimes when we get scared and people boo we will run, but not here. They stayed. Because look what they are seeing. They're seeing this angel of the Lord appear. It came down from heaven. Its glory shone around them. But what stands out the most for me it's not the angel, it's not the glory, but it's the man. It's the man who received this visit from heaven. The angel of God comes to the most despised of people. He comes to a people who were outcasts from all of society. The honesty and integrity of shepherds in that day was so questionable that they weren't even allowed to testify in a court of law. Are you starting to get the picture? 
Shepherds were so far down on the social list that they were outcasts from only the lepers in those days were lower than them. As I study this, it came with a freshness that God chose these men. These shepherds, because he wanted to show the world. He wanted to show everyone that his love and his grace is available to all people. God is no respecter of persons. He's no respecter of titles. He doesn't show more respect to kings and and those of, of higher status. No. He comes to the lowly. The weak, the outcasts of society, and he brings them news. Perhaps in your mind you've thought, does God even know that I exist? Here is proof. God came to the lowest of the low with the most amazing news that man has ever heard. Perhaps you feel that you don't have a favorable opinion with God. But no matter how insignificant you may think you are, God knows you, brothers and sisters, this evening. Even the very shepherds in the field remind us of these things. The Apostle Paul explains this in his letter to the Corinthians when he says this, For consider your calling, brothers, Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that, as it is written, Let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. This evening, boast in God. Not in yourself, not in anything else, but in him. You may think this evening I am the lowest of the low. You're right. Because the Bible clearly tells us that there are two people in the world. Those who know God and those who do not. Our social standings when we get to heaven mean nothing. How the world presumes us means nothing when you stand before the throne of God. He will either say, come unto me. Or he will say, depart from me. I never knew you. This evening, if you're worried of how the world and others look upon you, I say it reverently. Who cares? 
the only thing this evening you need to make sure how you stand right is before a holy God. Because God has brought this wonderful announcement to the world. But what secondly then is the announcement that these men received? These men heard from an angel. And behold, and the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. These men were terrified. We read that and we have got absolutely no idea. Now there are men on a hill and an angel came down. No, an angel came from heaven. If an angel was to come down into this room this evening, I think nine out of ten people would bolt. And I'd be standing here because I couldn't get to the door. The fear that would come upon us. The announcement that they received was a personal one. The angel didn't come and say, okay, I've got a message, but it's actually not for you because you're the lowest of the low. I need you to go tell some more important people. No, look what it says. For unto you is born this day. You, brothers and sisters, this evening. When the Lord Jesus came into this world, he came as the Savior of the world. But if you're finding him, he came as your Savior. Join the dots. Christ came into this world as a babe for you. If that's not the greatest gift that God has given us, then I'm sorry. But it is. And yes, this evening, perhaps our minds are thinking upon tomorrow. I ask you to stop. I always say, pull on the handbrake with Psalm 119. I say the same this evening. Pull on the handbrake with your calendar. And remember this evening, your Savior. Don't think of the person to the left or the right. Think of yourself. Think of the one who bled and who died for you. The announcement that they received was personal because unto you is born this day. But this message was also powerful in how it came across. The angel speaks to them of a baby. And it's not just any baby, but a special baby. And he's given three names. If he thought two was bad this morning, he's now got some more this evening. This baby is identified now with more names. And this message of birth, it wasn't usual. It was unusual. There wasn't an announcement given out to everyone. No, it was extraordinary. This child was different from every other child that has been born in this world. 
There is never another child born like Jesus Christ. And here he's given names. He's called Savior. He is the one who would give his life for the sins of his people. He is the one who would robe himself in humanity and come to this earth and this world not to remain as a babe, not to remain, as it were, as a human and go through life, but no, the very moment he was born, his eyes were fixed upon Calvary. He is the one to, who came to do what all the sacrifices and all the blood and all that was given in the tabernacle and the temple could never do. All these sheep that these men had tended and protected and then given over for sacrifices. The one true lamb is here. The savior of the world. Hebrews 10 says, And every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifice, which can never take away sins. But, but when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins. He sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemy should be made his footstools for his feet. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. That's you if you're found in Christ this evening. The greatest gift that was ever given was Jesus Christ. The one who bled. The one who died for you and me. The savior of the world. But he's also called Christ. He's the anointed one. The Messiah. He is the one that was promised all the way back in Genesis. He's the one who prefigured all the sacrifices. And all the Old Testament prophecies. They are fulfilled. God's word is true. He is the one who the world had been waiting for. Here he is. Christ. But he's also called Lord. Sovereign God. This little baby was the one who spoke the universe into existence. He is the one who formed man out of the dust of the earth and breathed into his nostrils. He's the one that controls the path of the planets and the galaxies. He is Lord of all and yet here he is, the God of heaven. The one who did all these things lying as a helpless babe in humanity. For you. That God's promises would be fulfilled. What grace brothers and sisters. What love of God. What glory to think that the almighty God would humble himself. And come into this world as a helpless child. Why? That we might be saved. Just like the shepherds this evening. Your heart may be filled with fear. You would wish that tomorrow would never come. 
You fear about your health. You fear about your family. You fear about your job security, the economy, the world conditions. But I'm here to tell you this evening, do not fear. Why? Look at your Bibles. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Jesus is born. The Scripture has been fulfilled. Christ is Lord over all. Christmas is hard for some. There are some this evening who will look across at empty chairs. There were others who would long to be with their loved ones and are not able to be. There are some who have health concerns that 2024 may be their last year. There are others who are fearful of their families and what next year will hold with many different trials and things coming upon them. And yet even through the fear, the word of God tells us to have joy. We're to have joy. We're to have joy. Why? Because Christ has come. All these things that we see around us, our health, we will all perish. Our families, those things that we possess, even our jobs are just for a season. But there is something that lasts forever. What is that? It's the Lamb. The lamb that was slain for us. It's heaven. I don't know if it's as you get older. But Christmas has kind of lost its pizzazz a little bit. You kind of look at it a little bit different as you get older and your kids are growing up. And you tend to reflect a little bit more. And yes, you're excited to spend all those times with your family, with your friends and Hey, who doesn't want to get a good gift? A pair of socks, can't beat it. But yet you sit and you wonder, and perhaps you fear, about what's next? Where are they at before the Lord? Even our health. And it's only in through Christ that we can have joy. Joy inexpressible. Joy that is so undeserved for us, and yet God has given it to us through his Son, the one who came from heaven, the one who was born in a stinky, rotten manger, the one who bled and died on a cross, the one who is now raised and seated with God, Jesus Christ. There is your joy. There is your hope. 
This news is not just for one or two. This news is given for all people. Take this good news tomorrow, the next day, when you're with your family and your friends, and tell them of the joy you have. Show them the joy in your life. That they too would know something of Christ. These shepherds had quite an evening. I was actually texting with another brother this afternoon who his pastor had preached this this morning. And he said, man, I'd love to be on the other side of the hill just seeing what was going on and having a look. Because not only does one angel come, but then there is a multitude. There is an absolute multitude. It's as if it stretched from as far as your eye could see in the east and as far as your eye could see in the west. And they're praising God and they're saying glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. It reminds us of that passage in Job that when it talks about creations that the angels, as it were, sang together and the angels shouted for joy at the creation and now at the birth of of our Lord Jesus Christ, the volume erupts. Glory to God. Glory to God in the highest. The sign, the child, A child lying in a manger. We often wonder, why is that put in there? There weren't any other kids born in a manger that night. Remember, there was no room. And that was a sign that was given to them. That child wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. He came as a helpless child. And he did so for you and me. What a great God we serve. What a great God that we've come even this evening to worship. But then thirdly, we think of the acknowledgement that these men offered. These men heard the angels. They heard one, and then they heard the multitude. And then in an instant, they were gone. These angels went back to heaven. And the reaction that these men give changed the very course of their lives forever. What could they have done? What would our world do today? They could have debated it. They could have sat down and analyzed what they should do. Can we afford to leave these sheep? What if something happens while we're gone? We're going to lose a lot of money. They could talk, talk, and do more talking. And sadly, some people actually do that after a service when they hear the gospel message. It's as if they talk themselves out of responding in faith. These men could have rejected it. They could have said, this isn't for me. I want nothing to do with this message. It's so unbelievable. Some people even do the same. They say it's so far-fetched. They could, as it were, cut it into tiny pieces and micromanaged every little bit of it. They could have said, well, you know what? It's too far to Bethlehem. I'm not going to walk there. 
This message, it's, it's just asking way too much of me. And sometimes people too reject what they think demands too much. They could have doubted it. They could have ignored it. They could have had any number of excuses that it would have kept them from checking out those things that they had just heard. It can't be that way. There is no way. It's just some weird UFO flying over. But these men chose to believe. These men went. Let us go. Let us go. They wanted to go and see those things that they had been sung about. Glory to God in the highest. Who is this? Who is this babe that we hear of? They went and they saw and they believed. We can get all sentimental at Christmas and have warm, fuzzy feelings about it and think, oh, how great it is. But let me assure you this evening, if Christ is not in your heart, then you have nothing to be warm and fuzzy about. What these men did changed their very lives. They went and they took that message at face value and they went to Bethlehem to see the Christ child. And that's the only response to God's invitation that will bring salvation to the soul. When the message comes and it's coming tonight, dear sinner, what will you do with it? Will you reject it again? Will you dissect what I've said this evening? Will you say, wow, it's just so hard. I have to give up so much. Or will you go? Will you go? Will you go to the only one who can give you life? Eternal life. What you do with the gospel message determines how you will live out your earthly life. And where you will go when this earthly life is over. It's kind of weird to be morbid on Christmas Eve. But these things are life and death. You may never see another Christmas. There are some in this room who have buried family members in the last year. Who never in their wildest dreams thought that's how things would go. The Bible clearly tells us. And John 8, I told you that you would die in your sins. For unless you believe that I am he. Unless you believe that I am Jesus Christ. Sent from heaven to save you from your sins. You will die in your sins. And you will be lost in hell forever. What will you do with Jesus this evening? Will you coo and caw at him lying in the manger? Will you get nice, warm, fuzzy feelings? What will you do with Christ this evening before your head hits the pillow? Only one life. It will soon be past.
Take a look around. Everyone in this room will die. But only what's done for Jesus will last. Only what's done for him and through him and to him will last. And so I ask you, what will you do with him this evening? Because then fourthly and finally and very quickly, the advancement that these men enjoyed. The shepherds heard that invitation and they responded to it and they they went with Bethlehem. Can you imagine the scene? Can you imagine these shepherds? They were probably tripping each other up with their staff saying, no, I want to be first. I want to be first. You know, they're running down the road as it were. They didn't have, you know, nice headlamps and everything else. They're probably tripping and falling with just sheer wonderment at what's coming. They wanted to see and, and, and see that babe lying in the manger. These men took that message. And they told others. Because verse 18 says, And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. These men didn't come quietly as we would into a hospital ward. I got to experience with Gribbon a birth in the United States, kind of different than the UK. You guys are very more prim and proper. You knock and you gain entrance in the UK. You come in, it's visiting ours, and there's people everywhere. But these men didn't come in with a little gentle knock, with a, you know, hush the bit. No, these men came in after seeing an angel, a multitude of angels, and then all that was told them. They said, let us go. They went with haste. They came in. They saw the babe. These men, as it were, were the first evangelists of the New Testament era. Notice what they said. They didn't make known the angel or they didn't say the angelic choir. No, they actually didn't even tell people how frightened they were. Kind of ironic as men. Their main interest was, re- was reporting what was concerning the child. On the way back to their flocks, they told, I'm sure, everyone that they met about the baby that had changed their lives. And that's the same with us, brothers and sisters. When we meet Christ for ourselves, we want to and should tell others. Tomorrow is a wonderful opportunity. Tomorrow is what verse 18 was, those who came in wondering what was happening. We will have family members over. We will have those who no doubt will not know Christ. Tell them often. At times we wonder what to say. At times we wonder, what should we say? Tell them of the joy that is in your heart because of Christ. We don't know how they will respond. That's not what we're to do. Our duty is to tell them. It's God's business to save them. Remember who these men were. They're real men. They were crude. They were tough you probably wouldn't, if you were a man in your home, want your, your daughter or your sister to even date one of these guys. That's how bad they were. Go read some of the old 
the old guys on the shelves that we love so dearly about these shepherds. We kind of think shepherds like we do sometimes that they're all primmed and polished. It wasn't the case. Look at verse 20. These crude, tough, rough, gruff men returning, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told by them. They were glorifying. And I'm sure it wasn't a little whisper. I'm sure it was loud and, as it were, rambunctious. We, too, need to be the same in these days. Our Savior has come. The one who died on a cross for us has come. And he has died. And he is now in heaven making a place for us. Do not hide these things. Use the shepherds as an example of how we should be. Even though we may think we're lowly. Even though we may think we are as it were the downs and outs of society. If we are found in Christ we are above all these things. We are the most blessed rich people in all of the world. And tomorrow it doesn't matter what gift you receive under that tree. Nothing, nothing comes in comparison to him. So as you open your gifts tomorrow, think upon him. As you look at your family, think upon him. As you think about your trials and your tribulations, think upon him. Why? Because he is the great one. He is our God. He is Jesus Christ. Our final hymn this evening is rooted in somewhat strange circumstances. You'll notice there's no date beside it. And when you try to, you know, figure out anything about it, something startling comes about. This hymn was obviously published before Charles Dickens, a famous Christmas carol. We all know it so well. In 1843, why do I say that? Because in his book, when Ebenezer Scrooge heard the words that we are about to sing this evening, was sitting at his desk, as he did on Christmas Eve, hunched over, depressed, miserable. You get the picture, you've seen the movie, and I hope I've read the book more than seen it. But as the singer begins, begins to sing, God rest ye merry gentlemen, in the book it's very vivid that he seizes a ruler in his hand and he grips it tight. And he seizes that ruler with such energy of action, the book says, that that singer fled in terror. Verse 3 of what you're about to stand and sing says this. Fear not, then said the angel, 
Let nothing you affright. This day is born a Savior of a pure virgin bright. To free all those who trust in him from Satan's power and might. Those words this evening and what we've looked at do not bring terror. What do they bring? The refrain says this, and whoever read this song got it right. O tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. As we close this evening, and as we depart to go to our homes on Christmas Eve, I ask you, where is your comfort? Where is your joy? As you awake tomorrow morning, will it be found in those temporal things around our trees? Or will it be found in him? I ask you this evening, where is your comfort and where is your joy? And I leave you with this. Comfort and joy can only be found in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your word this evening. Lord, we thank you for such rich passages of Scripture that are such an encouragement to our souls even in these days. That you would bring such an amazing announcement to, as it were, the downs and outs of society. And yet so are we sitting here this evening. Bible tells us that you came to save sinners. And so this evening are, we pray, even for those in this room who know you not. Those who have sat here for many years, those who have heard these things many, many times, O Lord, we plead with you, we beg of you this evening, salvation would come to them. If it be in your will, we ask, O Lord, change their hearts. Give them that heart of flesh and remove that heart of stone. That even tomorrow as they wake, that indeed their joy and their comfort would be found in you. Lord, we ask that you would help us tomorrow. We pray that indeed for all of us, for those of us who confess you as Lord, that indeed we would think upon you much. That we would reflect not only on the birth, but also the death and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, encourage our hearts this day. Those who are walking through trials, those who are walking through adversities, those who would even long to be with us and are not. May, O oh Lord, they have that comfort and joy that can only be found in you. And may they have that peace that surpasses all understanding. Lord, encourage our hearts. Be near to us. Protect us even on the roads as we drive and navigate. And may we do all tonight, tomorrow, and the week ahead to your honor and to your glory. For we ask it in and through Christ's precious name. Amen.